0: So we are kind of kicking off this four-week conversation, discussion series, you call it whatever you want to call it called Greatest Hits. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take a look at some verses that even if you have no affiliation with church, or this is your first time in church in a long time, or maybe you've been a part of a local church your entire life, even if, you've ne- if you're have if you anywhere on that spectrum, you've probably heard of these verses that we're going to talk about before. We've found some of the most famous verses in the scripture and decided for the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack these. And we're going to actually look at the context in which they were written to the people of the time. And furthermore, more how these verses still apply to our life today and so we picked some really really awesome ones and I think that if you buckle up with us for the next four weeks this could actually be life-changing when we understand the context of how these verses were written and what it means for our life today. So, without further ado, I'm just going to put up on the screen the famous verse that we are talking about today, and it is this. It is Galatians 5, 22, 23. Now, a guy by the name of Paul wrote this verse. I'm going to talk about him in a second, but this is what he said to the people of Galatia about these things, don't miss this, called the fruits of the Spirit, and that's what we're going to talk about today. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and don't miss this one, self-control. Against these things, against such things, there is no law. And so what Paul was doing is he wrote this to a group of people who lived in a town called Galatia who were a part of the very early church. And put that in your mind because I'm going to talk about what they were dealing with in just a minute. But as we were writing this message series and as we were starting to look at people getting baptized around here and people who are coming to DHC, we started to ask ourselves a question which was such an important question that we feel like we needed to answer. Because once you've said yes to Jesus, and by the way, if you have not said yes to Jesus, you definitely should in your life. It was the best decision that I ever made in my entire life when I invited him into my life to change me forever, right? But we started to ask this question as it related to followers of Jesus. Here was the question we began to ask, okay? If I am a follower of Jesus, okay? What should I look like, right? If I am a follower of Jesus and I've committed my life to him and following after his teachings and who he is, what should my life actually look like? Furthermore, we ask this question, what does day-to-day look like? What does day-to-day operational stuff look like? Because I have to tell you something. I've met a lot of people who claim to be followers of Jesus and their day-to-day looks nothing like his life and the teachings that he put forward to us that we were to follow, right? Looks nothing like it. Because we said this was like a common denominator with us. We kind of think this is true. This is true at Downtown Harbor Church. It's true of our community. It's unique to Fort Lauderdale. We're all just kind of these normal, everyday people with jobs and circumstances. So think about this you think about our lives collectively and who we are, all of us probably have jobs, right? Have families. We have circumstances that are everyday circumstances, and what we do is we just kind of walk through life together. That's why we started Downton Harbor Church, so we could have a community to do this together with, and it's been awesome so far. But we could say that this is fair, right? So what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus with normal, everyday circumstances? What does that look like? Because if this is true, and I believe it is, one of the things that we have to realize as we walk through these normal everyday circumstances, families, jobs, relationships, this community, this city, we have to understand something. With that, something comes with it. And you're never going to get around this. With that comes, don't miss this, issues. There's going to be issues related to your job. There's going to be issues related to your family. There's going to be issues related to your relationship. It's just going to happen. You can mark my words and guarantee it. We're all going to encounter these issues because we're normal, everyday people with what? Circumstances. So issues are going to arise. And the problem is that people think that once they say yes to Jesus, right, everything's just unicorns and rainbows and you live in Candyland, right? They think everything's gonna be great with my life now that I've been made right with God. I'm just gonna walk through this and you know what? I'm not gonna have any issues. Just because we think, we think this is true as well. Just because you say yes, it doesn't mean you won't have issues, right? It doesn't mean that day-to-day circumstances that are unfortunate are not going to arise in your life. We all have issues that we don't like. We all make mistakes and wish that we hadn't made those mistakes. These issues are going to kind of rise to the surface. And the people of Galatia, these Galatians, were having issues. They were normal, everyday people who had a different set of circumstances that were starting to have issues. Now, Pause with me for a second. Let me tell you about the people in Galatia. So the Galatians, who we talked about about six weeks ago for an entire series called Lawless, right? And if you want to catch up, you can catch up on our website, soflowchurch.com. But the Galatians lived in modern day, the northwest corner of modern day Turkey, and they were part of the early church movement, some of the first followers of Jesus. And what happened was these normal, ordinary people with everyday circumstances were starting to get stuff wrong. The early church was starting to do things not the right way. They were starting to go back to the old way. So a guy by the name of Paul, one of the most famous people in the history of the Christian faith, a guy who hated Christians and then became a Christian, was writing them a letter. And in the book of Galatians, he wrote that greatest hit, that most famous verse, and we have to understand the context of why, because the Galatians were getting it wrong. He said, this is not the way that you should behave. If you have said yes to Jesus in your life, then your life should look like something. If the God's Spirit is in your heart and in your life, then your life should reflect these fruits. Th- these fruits. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and then what? Self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Basically, he said, hey, guys, you're getting this wrong, You're acting out, you're acting a fool. And this is, if God's in your life, if Jesus is in your heart, this is how you should act right here. This is what it's like. And I believe the same rings true for us today in downtown Harbor Church. Normal, everyday people who are stepping through life, who deal with circumstances, and with those circumstances come issues. If we were followers of Jesus, what does that look like? Well, we need to look no farther than these traits or these characteristics right here. Dare I say this, don't miss this, this is so key. Dare I say that your barometer for spiritual growth that your barometer, and I'm not saying you shouldn't read the Bible, you should. I'm not saying that you shouldn't attend church because you should. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to Christian music. That if that's your preference, you should. Uh, it's good. Do that stuff. But if we looked at these traits and the characteristics in our life as a barometer for spiritual growth, how we are walking with Jesus, we could actually see where we're at as we grow spiritually with him. That's why these are so key and so important for us to understand. Now, for today, this greatest hit One of the most famous verses in the history of the scripture. What are we going to do with it? Because we always bring it back to the practical, right? At Downtown Harbor Church, kind of at the end of the message. And we're going to do that today as well. But today, the entire message is going to be completely practical. What we're going to do is we're going to take every one of these fruits and we're going to look at it and talk about it. And then I'm going to give you a question To ask your life, to ask yourself about your life related to that fruit of the Spirit. So if you're a note taker or a picture taker of the screen or whatever you do, this day might be for you because this is a really cool opportunity for us to evaluate our own life spiritually based on how the Apostle Paul told the Galatians to act all those years ago. This is how important this day is. So we're going to go through them one by one. And let's look at the first one because the first one is love. The first one's love. And I believe that this one's first because it's probably the most important. Jesus talked about love a lot. He talked about loving the Lord your God with your, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then what? Going out and loving your neighbor as yourself. But Here's the key thing about love, which is so cool. Love is actually a choice. And very few people respond to that choice. A lot of people that I know are very unloving, and their life does not reflect a life of love. Because love is a choice, and love is difficult. And love is something you have to choose to do day by day, over and over again. Choosing to love your spouse, choosing to love your family, choosing to love your job, choosing to love your community. Love is not easy. Love is a choice. And so here's the question related to the first fruit of the Spirit, related to, in my opinion, the most important one. Here's the question. Does my life reflect a life of love? When people look at you do they think, man, what a loving, caring person who I just want to be around, and they're so filled with love that I can't wait to interact with, those, with that person. Does your life reflect a life of love? And I'll tell you this, for a lot of us, if we were being truthful, the answer is no. The answer is like, we don't really get this whole love thing, even though Jesus talks about it. It's hard for us. I wasn't loved as a kid. I had a rough childhood growing up. I, I have difficulty loving other people, right? Here's your question about the first fruit of the Spirit. Does my life reflect a life of love? Here's the second one. It goes love. Then it goes joy, right? So are you a joyful person? Because I am much to my wife's chagrin at 5 a.m. Like, I mean, I mean that, that girl has, wants to backhand me so often this morning even, like, because I'm just waking up at five going, let's get this day, let's sing some joy. Let, you know, I, I'm a joyful person. And my wife at 5 a.m., just being frank, is not, right? And some of you are not, which is fine, but she's joyful in other periods of the day, I hope. But I mean, anyway, um, but no, the question is, if we're looking at joy because, and this is so key, if you've said yes to Jesus, your life should be filled with so much joy that you can't stand it. It should be coming out your pores, and you should be so stinking happy about what you have in life that people around you go, I don't know what they want, and they're kind of annoying, but I, I, I got I to have it too. Okay? So when people see you, do they get excited that you're around, or do they go, man, what a downer. I'd rather not, I'd rather not go to happy hour with him. I'd rather not go to dinner with him because he's a downer. Do, they, do you have joy? So here's the question. Key question. Am I a happy person or am I a grouch? It's a simple, simple question because joy is simple, right? Are you a happy person or are you a grouch? Because if you're a grouch, you got to get happy. Especially if you you don't have Jesus, you can be a grouch. Like that's just my, if you don't, then you can be a grouch all you want because I might be too. But if you do, this is one of the fruits of the Spirit. You better get excited about life and what's going on. Be joyful. Love, joy, and then it goes peace. And oh, what a difficult one, right? Ooh, one that burns us all. You know why? Because peace is hard. Peace is messy. Peace is not easy. That's why he wrote about it. And so here's the question related to peace because it affects every one of our life when issues arise. Don't miss that. Continually go back to normal, everyday people with circumstances where you have issues. When peace arises and there's conflict, here's the question. Do I always strive to make peace with those around me? So key. Or do I create conflict? Ooh. Do I always strive to make peace with those around me or do I create conflict? Because I'm just gonna be honest. There's a lot of people I know in my life that are looking for an argument. They are straight up looking to debate. They're looking for an argument. They've already had the argument in their head before they go to the debate. Are you doing that, or are you striving to make peace? Because a fruit of the Spirit, if Jesus is in the center of your life, then we have to figure out how to make peace in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces. We've got to figure out how to make peace. It's so key. So I told you one of the things that I will always do at Downtown Harbor Church is be as transparent as I can from this stage. The guy you see on the stage is the guy you see off the stage. It will always be that way. The fourth fruit of the Spirit is probably the one that I struggle with the most. It's the hardest, and it's patience. So love, joy, peace, patience. Let me take you down a little journey, okay, down memory lane. So um, those, some of you know me personally, some of you don't, and hopefully we get to know each other a little bit, but um. I'm going to take you back about three years ago down memory lane. Um, three years. Just put that number in your mind. 36 months, over 1,000 days, right? Three years. Um, I'm sitting in a pre-construction condo office in the city of Fort Lauderdale. And I signed papers to have a condo built. Our first home, right? This is exciting. Me and Caitlin's first home. We're getting this done. And you know what? You know where I sit three years later? In my same apartment because that thing ain't done. And I got to tell you, every single day, I, well, first of all, okay, so let me tell you one thing. So my wife is designing this place from the inside out. And I mean, I cannot go probably 15 minutes without her showing me something on Pinterest, which is also driving me nuts, right? But we're buying stuff, okay, for this place that was supposed to be finished, I don't know, two years ago, but we're buying stuff. And now it's piling up in our house. So you can't even like get to the bathroom. You have to like go around it, right? And, I, and every day we're like, bick, you know, bickering at each other and like we're frustrated about it and I'm going, man, I got to figure out this patience thing. Because here's the question, and let me tell you why. Because who knows what God's doing in the interim? Do I let my own timing get in the way of showing patience? Who knows? And I may never know what he's done in my life in the past three years through us being right where we're at. Because so often we're so anxious to get it done. We're so anxious to move in. We're so anxious to do this in our life. And you know what Paul said? Tap the brakes, boys. You got to show some patience. Because it ain't all about you, and God's writing a bigger story of restoration and redemption through your life. So understand that. And for me, patience is a struggle. Not only for that issue, just one example, but for many issues in my life. And that's one that I need to work on, one of those fruits of the Spirit. Patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And this is a simple question. And I think we all know what kindness means, because it's similar to some of the other ones. But here's just a simple question, and I think it's so cool and important for us to understand. Here's the question. Are you a kind person? Are you a kind person to people when you go out to dinner? To your waiters or waitresses? Are you a kind person to like the TSA people even though they aren't kind to you, right? At the airport, right? Are you a kind person, like if you're in a cab, like are you kind to the cab driver? Like, I mean, that's why Uber's doing so well because like people, I know, but I mean, are, can you, are you a kind person? Because this is so key for us to understand. This is not about just being kind to people who, aren't, who are kind to us. This is about living a life of kindness. Man, you're so kind. You have manners. Your mama raised you well. You're a kind person, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Another one, goodness. And this is one of my favorites, actually, because we coined a phrase a little while ago around here when we were talking about what Jesus said in his most famous message of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. Keep in mind, if we're keeping track, these are not the words of Jesus. These These are the words of the Apostle Paul, the guy who was almost one of the founders of the Christian faith. Keep that in mind. But Jesus, in his most famous message, in the Sermon on the Mount, told us that we are a shining light to a broken world, and don't go put your light under a bowl. Shine your light for all to see. So here's the question about goodness. Do you do good so people can see God is good, right? Do you do good things in your life so that people can see God is good? Because we're called to do that. Jesus actually called, the Savior of the world calls us to do that. Do good things so that people can see God is good. Do you do good things in your life? Goodness, a fruit of the spirit. Here's another one which I think can smack some of us just right in the face. Faithfulness. Here's the, here's the question. Faithfulness. One of the fruits of the spirit. Here's the question related to faithfulness. So key. Are you faithful to the commitments you have made? Are you faithful to the commitments you've made? Let me just give you a couple of examples. Your marriage? You faithful to your marriage? How about your children, if you have them? you faithful to your children or do you walk away? I'll tell you this. I met with a friend of mine last week who was here for our service, and we were just talking and having coffee, and he said to me, he goes, so I got to tell you about a buddy of ours back home. He's a mutual friend. I said, what about him? He goes, he's got a wife and three teenagers, and he just up and left. I said, what do you mean? I said, he he did what? He's up and left. I said, he left his wife and his kids, and he goes, yeah, they're devastated. They have no idea what to do. I said, well, what did he do? He just took his stuff and moved out, and I was like, What the heck is wrong with him? Faithfulness, one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Here's another one your job. You faithful to your job? If you don't like it, get one you can be faithful to because we got to work at those jobs with all of our hearts, right? Faithfulness, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Here's another fruit of the Spirit gentleness, right? Here's a question because when issues arise, right? When conflict arises, don't miss this, it's so key. When conflict comes up, we tend to do what? Get angry. We tend to let anger boil to the surface. So here's the question. Do you handle your circumstances with a gentle or harsh spirit? Do you handle your circumstances with a gentle or harsh spirit? Because one of the fruits of the spirit is gentleness. and We got to understand that. Here's what I want you to know. So this greatest hit... This famous verse, one of the most famous verses in the history of the scripture that's ever been written. As I said before, even if you've never been to a local church before today, you've probably heard this verse at some level. Here's what I want you to know about this verse as it relates to your life, right? If your life does not exhibit these traits, something might be off. If you look at that verse and you go, man, I'm none of those. I'm a miserable person, and the only thing I am is a judgmental bigoted Christian toward others, something might be off because the Apostle Paul told the Galatians, hey, gentlemen, ladies, this is what a follower of Jesus looks like. When he comes into your life and the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, this, these are the traits that should be exhibited by your life. So we always take it back at Downtown Harbor Church to one word at the end of every single message, and this message has already been extremely practical, Right? But here's the question. What's the practical in this? What can you do with this verse today, here and now? What can you do in your life to go deeper with this, to evaluate yourself with this? Well, here's just one practical thing that I think you can do. First of all, put those words somewhere where you can see them. Whether that's on your phone, or you get a picture frame and put it in your house, or it's in your car somewhere, I don't care where it is. Put those, th- those words somewhere where you can actually look at them. Because for me, if you're like me, this is just me, I'm a visual guy. So sometimes when I see things, like I'm going, I'm reminded of that. I'm going, man, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Put those words somewhere where you can see them so you can be reminded, this is how I should be. This is how my life should act. I should be exhibiting these traits in my, in my life. Here's another practical, because I've hit with a lot today, right? Understand, you're not gonna see overnight transformation. Some of us struggle with these things, and we're gonna struggle for years. And we're gonna pray about it, and we're gonna try to get better, and we're gonna try to put one foot in front of the other. But there's a good chance in a couple years, I'm still gonna struggle with patience. But the only thing I can hope for Is that I'm a little bit better than I am today. that I've taken some steps in my life. Because we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fail. That's part of human nature and who we are. Understand you're not going to see overnight transformation. And then understand this. Understand that some of these will be easier for you than others. Some of these you're going to go, I got this. I am, like, I got joy, right? I got, I'm I'm a joyful person. I I just feel like I am. People ask me sometimes, like, where do you get your energy for life? I was like, I don't know. It's just there, right? I'm just filled with joy. Um, Some of you are not. And some of you struggle with other things, right? So you have to figure out which of those you struggle with and understand that some of those will be easier for you than others. And then just a practical tip. This is so practical related to the fruits of the Spirit. Maybe you choose one a week or a month to work on specifically. Let's say you struggle with anger and you're not gentle. Maybe you need to work on gentleness this week or this month. I'm going to commit myself to doing this. Maybe, Maybe you struggle with kindness and just being kind, and you blow up at people who don't treat you the way that you feel like you should be treated, right? Maybe you just pick one a week or a month to specifically work on and to figure out how you can allow yourself to grow spiritually with God guiding your heart along how he has instructed us to act and behave. Because I'll tell you this. What has broken my heart about this verse, this greatest hit, is that most of, and I'm putting a lot of people in the category, most of the Christians that I have interacted with in my life have not shown love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control. And that is why Paul addressed the Galatians in the way that he did, so that they could start to get it right. And thousands of years later, we could begin to get that right. Here they are, love, love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. Sometimes when I'm up here, I ask myself questions, so I apologize. But Adam, didn't you leave off one? I thought there were nine. Uh, Yes, I did. Um, I left off self-control, and I left off self-control on purpose. And let me tell you why. Because if there is one thing that the old bunch at the DHC struggles with, it is self-control. And I believe that self-control, even though I said love was the most important, Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit that can be the most devastating to our lives. And I have to tell you something, because I'm transparent. Self-control is something that I've struggled with. You've probably struggled with it as well. And so what we're going to do is next week, as we continue with Greatest Hits, I've already got the message written. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. You can't miss it. I'm writing it. I was convicting my own self as I was writing the message, right? Next week, we will spend the entire week on self-control, right? We're going to spend the whole week just looking at self-control and going, We've got to dive into this, and here's why. Here's why. When you don't have this, right, you can cross the line a couple of times and pick yourself back up. You can step over the line a couple of times and put the pieces of your life back together. But if you don't have self-control and something really stupid happens or something really bad happens, it can ruin your life. Decisions that you may never be able to put the pieces back together from. And I don't want that to happen to anyone here. And I know the DHC bunch, I know who we are, I know a lot of your hearts, and we were talking downstairs between services, and this is so true because so many of us struggle with this in so many different ways, self-control, especially in South Florida. In a couple weeks we're going to spend, after this series is done, we're going to spend a couple of weeks in a new series called Surviving South Florida. Because I believe that South Florida is unlike any other place in the country. I grew up in the Midwest, and I came down to South Florida, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, a lot of us did in this church. Like, a lot of Chicago, Michigan, Detroit. I met a whole bunch of people. I'm going, what in the world is going on down here? These people are nuts. And uh, Anyway, so we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But here's the deal. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control we'll deal with next week. If we got this right, okay, if we just started to get this right in our own hearts, Do you know what would happen to the Jesus movement? I mean, you saw it for the first time at Downtown Harbor Church last week and what we did with baptism. But now we've had people say yes to faith, right? Some of us have said yes to faith. What would it look like if we started to get these traits in our life exhibited all the time? Wouldn't people go, man, I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be loving and joyful and have peace and patience, all these, I wanna be a part of that. They would see Jesus in a different light. They would see who he truly is, not who people represent him to be. They would see who he truly, truly is. These are so important. One of the greatest hits in the entire scripture, and we don't want to miss it because that is going to help us do what we need to do here at Downtown Harbor Church to reach our city just where they're at. Let me pray. Father, I'm so thankful just for who you are and what you do. And God, um... Go before us in our hearts. Help us to um, do this. All these things that Paul wrote about in the scriptures, help us to do them so that people would see you and who you are. Because Jesus, we love you. We give our entire heart to you. And So would you help us to do everything that we talked about today? Work on one a week, one a month, whatever we need to, to get it right so that the, the Spirit not only can live in us, but it can come out of every pore of our body, and people can see you right where you're at. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.